All right, everyone, welcome back for a brand new episode of Big Drunk Lists. As always, I am your host, Greg Voss, from the wonderful Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and I'm your other host, Ryan Fawkes, from Bloomington, Illinois. And today we have a very, very special episode, because this is going to be our first ever fan-recommended episode. So we'll give a shout-out to Ryan Thorner. Shout-out! <laughs> and he requested something that's uh, very applicable in this kind of day and age, and that is uh, top 10 thankless jobs. Um, so I guess without further ado, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Before we continue, uh, Ryan, tell these wonderful listeners at home what you are drinking. Yes. All right, Greg. I actually, I, uh, I switched it up again this time for real. Not like last time when I said I switched it up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm actually trying a new bourbon, uh, Basil Hayden's. Oh, that's, um, a, that's a classic. I've never had this before, actually. So, but according to the bottle, yeah, it definitely is a classic. Um, and actually, the note on the front of the bottle says, "When Basil Hayden Sr. began distilling his smooth bourbon here in 1796, Kentucky was but four years old, and George Washington was president." So, um, thought that oh, was pretty so cool. Um, the bottle's like actually 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah, like maybe 35. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but the bottle's actually pretty nice. You know, it's kind of got like one of those, you know, like gold metal stripes around it or whatever but um i actually got it because it was on sale when i was ordering i wanted to try it out so that's kind of when i'm looking for something new um i'll look for something that's a good deal that i maybe have never heard of before and never tried so yeah. um this one's pretty good um it's a good looking bottle it was uh of course a, a pretty decent price and um it, it just is a very classic bourbon when you drink yes. it to the taste so very very classic bourbon exactly what you would expect to have from from a true Kentucky bourbon. What about you? What are you drinking today? Uh, today I am drinking Smoke Wagon, small batch straight bourbon whiskey from mm. Las Vegas. Uh, this one was a bit of a higher price point. Um, I want to pick this up at Binnie's because Binnie's had um, three different um, bourbons all from Smoke Wagon. And this was the only one that was left. And it was the highest price point, And they all said limit one per customer oh wow and benny has a really good thing where like if there's something even if it's not like very hard to find if it's very popular mm -hmm. then they'll they'll put a like a a buy one like you can only have a limit like for a while they were doing that with phase three brewing um they do it with just really good just really good things that you can buy and so uh i got this the bottle is fucking sweet it's got like a design of all these like plants look like some sort of flower on it. Um, and then like there's two guns crossed, like two old revolvers and it's like designed in wax and it's like inlaid into the bottle itself. Oh, wow. It's, it's a very, very cool looking bottle. I actually really dig it. It might end up on my uh, collection. <laughs> I have a bit of like one of those college collections going where I just empty bottles. And right now it's just growlers from uh, some of my favorite breweries. And then the Chicago Jameson cast make and a maker's mark that uh, one of my friends got to hand dip there. And so it has a little bit of a special place with me. So um, this one might, might make it up on there. 
you know, at least your bottles that you do collect um, have some kind of meaning. I You mentioned like a college collection. I had one of those. And actually, I just uh, found an old camera that I had back when I was in college and I charged it up. And I had taken several pictures of my bottle collection um, <laughs> for whatever reason. You know, I thought that that was a cool thing to do. Um, uh, on top of my, my cabinets. And it was just like, of course, just the cheapest, you know, cheapest shit we could find. And we yeah. displayed them like it was a cool thing to display. So, uh, heritage <laughs> farms or whatever the, uh, was it something like that? Whatever the jewel brand one was. Oh, and I remember I used to drink this whiskey from the local liquor store that was called benchmark. Um, and I drank uh. it because you could get a fifth for like 11 bucks, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll just drink that. Yeah. Uh. We drank a lot of Burnett's, uh, which was terrible. Um, but yeah, just looking at some of the pictures, I'm thinking like, God, you know, I <laughs> skull. skull, lots of skull. Well, cause you could get like, you know, a 20 gallon bucket of skull for like 11 bucks, you know? So <laughs> that's was, what we used to make our jungle juice with. Oh my God. I don't, I don't miss jungle juice. I do. I, I want to go back to it. Just like have a party and just, just I make mean, jungle juice. <laughs> it, in this day and age, jungle juice is hands down the worst idea just because everyone like, like in the beginning, everyone just kind of like ladles it out. And then like, as right. people get drunker, you just, just shoving your hands in there basically. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think it had a high enough alcohol content where it could kill hand sanitizer. I like, think, you know, I probably parts places made it with hand sanitizer. You kind of just pour whatever the fuck you want in there, you know, and somehow it, it tastes good. I don't jungle juice is a mystery to me, you, you know, however you made it. And I've always made it too, but um, you just put in a bunch of alcohol and other shit. It always turns out tasting great. <laughs> it's, it's like uh, one part Kool-Aid powder, 99 parts vodka. Yeah, That's right. That's what ours was. Oh my God. Somehow <laughs> it still just tasted like Kool-Aid, you know, whatever. It did, yeah. <laughs> and especially when you're just like an immortal, drunk 18-year-old and you're just like, more. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all right i guess uh moving on uh not even moving on like getting started <laughs> let's get started everyone take a drink yes please probably of jungle juice to kind of cleanse the palate as we move on to ryan's number 10 okay number 10 so thankless jobs um this was a, this was an interesting one, and I think it was – I really appreciated getting this suggestion because it was different than anything that we did before. So Yes. Uh, so my number 10 is Trash Collector. Uh, ah. Yes. Okay. So um, – and, and of course, Trash Collector, you know, you, I feel like this is just a job that's very um, taken for granted. I mean, you know, I put my trash out every week, and it gets picked up, and, it, and it's all good. Um, but I was doing some research on the role, um, on the job, um, and here's a, a note that I found. It says statistics show that waste collection and trash collection uh, is one of the most dangerous jobs, at times more dangerous than police work. Um, On-the-job sure. hazards include broken glass, medical waste such as syringes, chemicals, objects falling out of overloaded containers, diseases that may accompany waste, asbestos, dog attacks, pests, inhaling of dust. It was like this huge list of how dangerous this job is. Um, and, you, you know, and you don't even really think wow. about that. These people I, that are I coming yeah. to pick up your trash. So, 
Um, and, and actually, I think as we'll see as I go through the list, I, I think that I also found a lot of appreciation for some some of these jobs that I might not have thought of, you know, because I do take for granted these jobs in my day to day life. So, yes, that was my number 10. I wound up uh, doing something a lot less serious. So garbage collectors, trashmen, whatever you want to call them, uh, they wound up uh, making it on my list, too, a little bit uh, higher up. I, and as we were talking, I realized I had left uh, several big ones off the list, but that's fine. I'll throw a, an honorable mention their way. Mm. Um, but I'm doing uh, zookeepers. Zookeeper. That's a good one. Um, just because uh, I love zoos and, you know, it's it's kind of a it, it really is just something you don't get thanked for. Uh, the people there's so many people behind the scenes from just like being able to feed the animals to care for them. They usually have an on-site veterinarian. Um, there's security. There's all this. Um, but the average zookeeper pay was only twenty-seven thousand dollars, according to Glassdoor. Wow. I mean, that's that's nothing. So uh, most of these people are probably like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If there's a lot of volunteering, or yeah. they're just like barely trained. Um, I, I really hope like <laughs> that like maybe they have more going for them. Uh, obviously, there's going to be people who have higher degrees and they're getting paid more like the vets and stuff. But um, I think it's got to be a tough job because there's a lot like you are dealing with dangerous animals. And obviously zoos have things kind of uh, down a little bit better pet, like more pet. But, you know, there's still times where it's just like tiger attack someone or they get their arm bit. Right. I mean, even just watching uh, the Tiger King, mm -hmm. there's there's lower budget zoos that I'm sure this stuff happens to a lot more frequently than, let's say, uh, something in a major city like uh the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago or the um, Central Park Zoo in uh, New York. I might, it might not be called the Central Park Zoo. I don't fully know. Don't hate me, uh, New Yorker. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I, did, I wouldn't even have – that one did not make my list. And I would have never even thought about it. But um, just the amount of knowledge really you would need to have, especially in your subject area. And I'm sure – I don't know how it works, but you would think that they probably stay assigned to a certain area. You know what I mean? Where, the, where they're yeah. knowledgeable or they learn. But – uh, you know, just to know what kind of foods to do or how to, you know, handle or de-escalate a situation that's probably pretty dangerous. And it probably takes a lot of knowledge and understanding to do a job like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when it's just like, imagine dealing with a snow leopard where it's just like, oh, yeah, keep in mind that they can jump like 30 fucking feet. So right. it's like they might be on the other side of the cage, but they're still a threat. Like just because they're that far doesn't mean you can like step in there real quick to like fix something or to grab some idiot who dropped their camera trying to take a picture of them into the enclosure. Mm. Well, and that's a little kind of a little throwback to our previous episode too, when we talked about our famous animals and a couple of the ones on the list were uh, people who fell or wandered into a zoo exhibit, you know, yeah. having to deal with those idiots as well, you know, especially the ones that may not be accidents. Of course, accidents happen, unfortunately, but Yes, um, you know, having to deal with uh, with those idiots who, you know, who are trying to break the rules and this and that, too. That's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I guess then we can have everyone uh, take a nice drink and then we can move on to Ryan's number nine. My number nine is completely different than those. Um, IRS agent. Um, oh, <laughs> yes. Well, and so IRS agent, um, when you hear that, you're probably instantly thinking like, fuck those guys. And I think that's the problem. And that's kind of why they made my list. Um, I see IRS agents as people that are um, truly just to, trying to do their job and getting shit for it. 
So, um, of course, taxes um, and, and the IRS and how you feel about the government is a, a very sensitive subject, and a lot of people are very unhappy about that, especially come tax season. Um, mm -hmm. And so these guys are basically set up as the front line to take the complaints, right? And I've worked a call center before. Um, Greg, I don't know if you've ever worked in a call center type of environment before, but we worked together in a call center. Oh yeah. That was kind of call center. Yeah. We took phone calls <laughs> was part of it. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we did tech support. Um, and but it was, uh, we had a, a full call center for that where we had to sit and just listen to, uh, people complain. No one ever it, calls tech support happy. Well, and so that was tech support. It's amazing how many people you'd get calling bitching about computers and stuff, right? Um, but hmm. can you only imagine in something that's a situation like your money, you know, and your taxes, oh. those who answer the phone, I can imagine it can only be even worse. So um, th this is a job that I look at an IRS agent and think you're basically being set up to be the bad guy and you just have to deal with it. So um, obviously in a position like that, you have no control over tax laws, but you're, you're the one who's getting shit on for it. So, um, I feel for you, IRS agents, not a job that I would want to do. That's fair enough. Um, I, I, I would not want to do that either. Um, definitely like, cause it is also a thing where it's like, it's legal in some ways it's partially necessary. And, um, people do view you as evil as the guy taking their money, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's all just kind of part to make some things run. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's got to be tough. My number nine, I, I kind of regret now as I realized I had way bigger and better things I left off my list um, that I, I really feel bad because they're way, way less things. You know what? I'm going to do an on-the-fly change, so I don't Ooh. know much. On-the-fly change? Um, roadside construction workers. Ooh. I mean, how many things like no one's ever happy with construction. Like, why mm -hmm. isn't this done? You yep. know, you're tearing it up every year. You know, they're just doing their job. They're trying to make it. They're not the ones deciding to tear up that road. That's some government official who's deciding mm -hmm. to tear up that road. And they're just the ones doing it. They're like, it's either like, at least where we're at, it's either absolutely freezing if they're doing it in the winter or it's scalding hot. Right. Sun beating down on them. They're risking cars flying by at 80, 90 miles per hour. Um, it's an absolute – it's dangerous. That's really – like it's dangerous. People are just – they just hate, hate them because they're slowing things down. Um, and uh, I, I'm really sad that it, it uh, didn't make it on my list. I actually would say it would normally go higher. Um, but because I think this number nine was the easiest one to bump off, mm. so that's why I really wanted to give a shout out to uh, construction workers, especially roadside. That's just no one, no one's happy with them. And like you said, it's not their fault. I always feel for yes. them too when I see these signs um, that say "hit a worker, uh, fines up to ten thousand dollars, fifteen years in jail." When you see these signs. You're thinking, yeah. you know, those signs had to be put for a reason. So obviously, um, you know, people are getting hit and getting hurt while they're out there doing this. Um, people are bitching when the roads are not good, you know, with potholes yeah. and this and that. But then also mad because they're inconvenienced when they're being fixed. So that's kind of a lose-lose situation. And I feel like that might be mm. a common theme we see here that um, unfortunately in some very important positions that may be taken for granted, some of these folks are just kind of um, set up to be the bad guy, just stuck that way, right? Because yeah. their job. So 
and I mean, uh, just kind of going back with that that sign that you were talking about. Uh, have you seen the commercial? It's like some guy. Uh, he's at a bar. He's doing karaoke. He's kind of like an older gentleman, like maybe like 40s or something, you know, so mi- kind of middle age. Uh, and he's very happy. And then it just like ends and be like, he got hit and killed by like someone speeding while on his like job at, at a construction site. Mm. And it was just like slow down and save lives or something like that. Wow. Like it was, it, it's a very emotional because it's a real video. It's like a real, like, honest to God, like someone was just recording this dude with their cell phone because it was their friend singing. And then it's just like, oh, yeah, this guy's dead. And you're like, oh, shit. It's a very, it's wow. one of those very commercials. Yeah. <sighs> wow. These ones are going to so, be, hopefully we get some that aren't so sad <laughs> on here because I feel well, like I mean, are... it's about being underappreciated. This yeah. is not going to be a happy episode, people. Yeah, true. Yeah. Here's your warning. Um, <laughs> yeah. So take a drink to drown a little bit of that sorrow. I know. The, here the drinker. <laughs> These are sad drinks this time. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully we can keep it lighter with our sensitive humor. Um, we work with uh, <laughs> we'll work with what we have, but no <laughs> promises. Right. Okay. My number eight. <laughs> um, uh, actually kind of similar to my number 10, but I, I specifically wanted to talk about uh, janitors uh, or custodians, uh, whatever the, the correct term is. And I know it's different based on kind of what the role is. So um, th- these are instead of the folks that are picking up the trash on the side of the road. I mean, this is more typically they'll work inside um, doing the cleaning. And, and actually, I think right now with all this that's going on with the coronavirus, um you know, and all the new cleaning requirements, these people are superheroes, right? Because they're literally in the brunt of it. I mean, keeping things clean um, without this position. I mean, think about how many more cases, you know, especially in some of these areas where people are still working, how many more cases would we even see, you know, if places weren't able to be kept to the cleanliness standard that they are. And, you know, I did a little research on this role and um, interesting. I saw that um, this type of work is one of the most commonly outsourced positions. Um, so I even take that to be a point to show how underappreciated the role is that companies don't even think necessarily. And maybe this isn't the mindset, but I almost take that to say companies don't value that as a position they would need to hold in house. Right. And there's probably some specialty companies that do this. And it might My be my money is that it's, uh, it's uh, probably an insurance thing. And it could be an insurance thing as well. If that's, someone that's... slips on a, on somebody who mopped something. Good point. And then they hurt themselves. They're like, actually, that's the company. And this company probably has a super insurance policy that's just like specifically designed for that. That's I mean, not, I'm just Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's probably a good point. But And then I, I looked at, too, what the average salary was um, for a janitor. And the average salary for a janitor working in the U.S. is only $10.68 per hour. Um, oh, which seems, I mean, that's that's very little money, you know, for it's for less someone. than minimum wage here in uh, in Illinois. So that's nuts. And of course, this was across the whole U.S. But yeah, yeah. so that's just that's nuts. Um, and I'm not sure what year that was from. That might even be a couple of years old. But regardless, I mean, it, it goes to show that yeah. they're they're underpaid for the work they do too. And one of the sad things is, um, a lot of it will happen like at night. So you know, they're working late hours. Um, they're 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 behind the scenes. People don't interact with them. It can be mm-hmm. a very like solitary job based on where you work. Like when I worked in retail, um, in high school for one of the larger chains, they had people. They were like, oh, they come in and they clean at night. So they they completely 
they come in after everyone's left and they leave before anyone's entered. So unless I'm, it was a pretty big, pretty big store. So I'd imagine they have multiple, but I mean, it's couldn't have been too fun pulling third shift. It's also when I think of like blue collar, I think of them. It's like the most mm. like hardworking down to earth, real, like real tough job. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of like really in the grit. And so, yeah, that, I definitely agree. That's, that's why it also made it onto my list. Oh, okay. But also higher up. Oh, okay. I'm uh, so I, I will stop on this one in case you have anything else you want to add when we get over to there and we can go to your number eight then. My number eight, Wikipedia editors. Oh, Wiki- I didn't know that. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> uh, so the reason I put Wikipedia editors is no one ever thanks them. Um, and they do it completely. There's no salary involved. Yeah, true. But so much of my research is done on Wikipedia. So much of college kids research is done mm-hmm. on Wikipedia. We finally at least started to reach the point where we were accepting Wikipedia as a valid entry just because people are like well go to a different website well like congrats a different website has just as much of a chance to being bullshitted as wikipedia um and one of the things that kind of made me really want to put this on was there's a uh, guy named stephen pruitt he's an american wikipedia editor who holds the highest number of edits made on uh the english wikipedia he has over three million edits has created over thirty-five thousand articles um, he was named uh, by Time Magazine 2017 as one of the 25 most important influencers on the internet. Um, but someone posted a picture of him, uh, and people were just making fun of him for like, oh, that's what I would expect him to look like and wow. things like that. It's like this guy has helped so many people through so many classes and so many tough things. This dude is a freaking hero. And so it's it's not only are people like not thinking him, but people are making fun of him for helping them out wow that's a good one and you're right i mean i can't tell you how many times um wikipedia got me through high school and college classes i mean i don't know that i would have gotten through some of those classes without it so uh to people like stephen pruitt thank you (laughs) you know you're uh contributing to the education of many people and and fuck those people who want to make fun of somebody um such a person who puts their own time because like you said that's an unpaid gig you don't get paid for this you know, mm-hmm. someone to put their own time forward because they enjoy doing it and because they know they're helping other people. Yeah, it's I mean, it's so great. Uh, one of the things, though, is I also now kind of feel like a douche because I'm also uh, one of those people who gets the ad every single year. Uh, mm. We're asking for three dollars and twenty five fucking cents. Like, do you know how minuscule that is? I mean, <sighs> Maybe when I was a kid and I was getting five dollars a week for allowance, right. like three twenty-five would be a lot. I, I, I think I need to fork over some change the next time that that it pops up. I probably won't, because Jimmy you know, Dibble. I probably will. I mean, that's a good point. I, you're right. I also scroll past that every time Wikipedia is asking for donations and money to keep them going because they do it yearly or whatever. Um, I probably will. That's a good point. Well, now I'm going to have to. Got to put my money where my mouth is, right? Yeah, now you have to. We'll bring it up in a future episode. When it comes back up again, I'll call you out on it if you <laughs> if you did not donate. <laughs> All right. Um, let's take a drink. Okay. So we're down to number seven. Lucky number seven. And my number seven is school bus drivers. Oh. 
So I, I think school bus drivers um, – so first of all, school bus drivers are responsible um, and bus drivers in general, um, but school bus drivers what made my list specifically um, because these are the people that are responsible, um, one, for transporting our children – um, right from home to school. Well, not my kids. Well, I don't have kids either, but um, <laughs> you know, our our collective children <laughs> um, as as a community, but that are responsible for bringing children from their homes to school and to other school related events. Um, okay, I've been on a bus before. I've been a student on a bus before. Um, that's distracting. Right. And kids are assholes. I mean, there's bullies going on. There's fights on buses. There's other stuff. I mean, can you imagine operating a bus? You're required to get a CDL because this is a big, powerful, you know, bus you're driving. Yeah. Um, The average capacity I looked it up of a typical school bus is 66 to 90 kids. I mean, 90 fucking kids packed on this thing. Um, And you got to not only monitor the regular driving conditions, right, and keep an eye on what's going on there, but also manage fucking almost 100 kids that are yelling and fighting this on the bus. Um, Throwing shit. Throwing shit at you sometimes um, and at each other. We've all seen – Adam Sandler and Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive this off a cliff, I swear to God. <laughs> oh my God, that is that is one of the better scenes in in that movie. I love that movie, but uh, oh, yeah. that Veronica Vaughn is one nice piece of ace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and her got it on. <laughs> for those who don't get the reference, that was masterfully played by Chris Farley <laughs> in the movie Billy Madison and he has like such a small role but he's just like the school bus driver oh he's just so great in that absolutely hilarious and that's such a good example though of the kids being shit you know and yeah. having to deal with with the road well and this is another one I looked at the average salary so the average salary in the US of the school bus driver is about 32 grand um, which to me when I look at the importance of that role um, and I look at all the shit they have to deal with. Um, I, I that that seems drastically underpaid to me. So um, I was sorry to see that. But yeah, and it requires additional education. I mean, you have to get a CDL license, for example, the same you would like if you were driving like a semi, um, you know, or other large type of machinery, too. So um, not only does it require some additional certification and uh, education, but you also probably don't get paid what you're worth. Yeah. Wow. So my number seven is uh, is janitors or custodial engineers, however you want to call it. Mm. Um, and uh, according to salary.com, the average janitor salary in the U- U.S. is $30,294 as of mm. April 27, 2020. Um, they said the range typically falls between 26 and a half to 36,000, wow. which I mean, some of these I found where like the ranges were like, yeah, it's like the average might be like 40, but it's like there are people potentially making like 75,000. Uh, that was a very, uh, very uh, small pay. And yeah, it's it's just totally an underappreciated job, um, especially like when you like think of like schools where it's like, how many times does a kid freaking vomit or like things like that? And it's, uh, it kind of made me think of um, Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> where your your part yeah. completely go to shit if you didn't have enough like janitors and you had to have them and they like uh they, they literally cleaned up vomit they like changed the trash can to made the place filthy filthy but like if you were just like oh, I don't want to hire anyone all your reviews would be people noticing it but then <laughs> there's nothing where people like are like wow 
great job. They're like, this is just a clean part. Like, cause people like it, yeah. you expect it to be clean. So you go somewhere and it's clean. You're like, whatever. But if it's dirty, you're like, well, fuck this. So it's like, you're not appreciated if you do it cause it's expected, but someone's fucking doing it. It's not like it's just this whole community. We're all working towards the common goal of being clean. Well, we're trying to now, but um, yeah, it's people, people are basically cleaning up the messes of society. That's a really good way to look at thankless jobs in general too, are the ones that um, people don't say anything when they're done well, um, yeah. but certainly are quick to complain when they're not done or not done well. Um, a lot of these jobs are very much behind the scenes um, and, mm-hmm. and people take for granted or expect them to just happen, not realizing what goes in day to day. Definitely. I, I 100% agree. Which actually, so we could take a drink because that leads me directly mm. into my number six. What? And this one's a little bit different, actually, um, because I would say from um, a monetary standpoint, a salary standpoint, this position actually probably makes pretty good money. Um, but um, I think it's thankless for other reasons. So I, my number six is software developers. Um, oh, they almost made on my list, but I took them off because of the pay. And so, Greg, you're a software developer. Um, yes, I, I, I went to school, study software development, and to do some software development in my current role uh, as well. Um, and this is a pretty well-paid job, but I think that there's a lot of other things that go into it that made it fall on my list. So um, <laughs> I, I think this is another one where a lot of the work is done behind the scenes. You know, think about every app you have on your phone, every website you visit. Think about your smart TV, you know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. your microwave, all these different things that you had to have some kind of a developer behind that to make it work, right? Yes. And when everything works as expected, um, you're cool, but how quick are you to complain when Facebook app is running a little slow? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. or when you can't get your Netflix show to load because it gets caught up, you know, gets hung up on something for whatever reason. So, um, (laughs) yeah. And then you think of the oh, sorry. No, please go go ahead. Oh, uh, then you think of like the thousands of hours you watched where nothing fucking went wrong. Mm -hmm. It's one of those you don't notice it going back. You don't notice that it's not working like. (laughs) Sorry. You never appreciated that's working, but the moment something goes wrong, that's right. when you realize it. Well, and, and not only that, but as a software developer, and um, you've probably seen this and I've seen this too. I've worked with a lot of people that have built software or websites or whatever for um, – you're also kind of expected to be one like a jack of all trades, but like a mind reader too, right? Like how many times have you sat down with somebody um, and you're trying to get requirements for the software you're going to build or the website, um, and they'd say, yeah, you know, I don't really know what I'm looking for, but I'll know it when I see it. Uh. <laughs> right you probably heard that and i've heard that a million times like uh so not only am i expected to be the guy who knows how to do this but i also have to understand you and your world <laughs> right um yeah. and you'll be very quick to tell me when i'm wrong you know and if i didn't you, hit your vision yeah and then you also have to try to idiot proof things like yeah. i mean like your goal is and there's like different levels of it but like sometimes your goal is like well yeah um what if they like try to do uh, negative numbers followed by like letters here? Well, they really shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but some asshole's going to try to do this. Right. And like, even though it's strictly for business use, I mean, then you also got to worry about just hacking and like data injection. Like, there's so many different things uh, they kind of got to worry about. 
but you you also just have to account for the fact that you're just gonna have some freaking moron out there who's gonna smack his nuts on a keyboard and it's like oh yeah it brings down the system because if you do this and this and this at the same time it just causes a conundrum because that software developer didn't think of every possible small possibility, you know, of what somebody yeah. might try to enter. Well, and, you know, I read too, so, and I specifically saw, um, this was game developers, which is a type of software developer, but definitely uh-huh. I think it probably applies to uh, the wider audience as well. I mean, that that position in general has one of the highest burnout rates of any positions. And, and Greg, I mean, I, I've never been a full-time software developer, but you've done it. I mean, you know, a lot of places will have... Um, you know, deadlines and maybe somewhat unrealistic deadlines to put something out, you know, with updates or product that people are working so much overtime, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you're really kind of, you know, nose to the ground, you know, and you're, and you're doing this and you're spending all your time on keyboard working 12, 14, 20 hour days, um, you know, and, and everybody's doing that. And so it just I read that, you know, especially game designers, but software developers in general, um, game developers are, get fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Game developers are big one, but just have so much stress because of that and so much burnout um, to meet these deadlines and just put things out. And at the end of the day, game de- game designers are a good one. People are still going to bitch about it when it comes out. Right. I mean, people are still mm-hmm. going to find things they don't like about it, even after you just spent as a developer, you know, six months doing 18 hour days, seven days a week, you know, when your team did the same and people still aren't happy with it. So um, especially wh- like then you get lumped in, you know, if if uh, your job was just to make sure the guns fire and the guns are firing great. But you know what? The idiot who made the map didn't account for like a certain collision detected. And then people are just falling through the map and they're like, oh, freaking the moron developers. Right. And then like if you brought it up, people would throw you in there. You'd just be tossed in. You're you're one of the people who work there. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So this one's a little unique because I do think software developers generally uh, get paid pretty well. Um, but I, you know, if you just look at salary dollars. But yeah. not knowing everything that goes into it, um, I, I, I felt behind the scenes this is definitely categorized as a thankless job. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> that, that was another reason I, I almost – well, another reason I didn't put on the list was um, be tooting my own horn. You are my one, own right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was one. Right now I am more of a podcast host than anything as I am currently unemployed. Well, you know what? uh, Podcast hosts also are a thankless job. That's Uh, my my next (laughs) fix. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hear any thank yous. I hear people like this Ryan guy who was like, hey – this is the type of episode you should do. Um, how about a thank you for entertaining <laughs> you, jerk? <laughs> He's one of the few people I, I feel like I can criticize out loud of this because he, he knows he knows it's a joke. <laughs> if we lost him because of that, that would be our biggest loss. <laughs> On his episode, the episode we recorded for him, you decided to talk shit. <laughs> 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 my, <Okay>. number six, <laughs> my number six grocery store employees mm. um especially right now at the uh we're not at the height of the covid scare but uh we're we're starting to kind of come down uh illinois has started opening up outside restaurants um a lot of places are, are starting to open up so we're not really at the height of it um, but basically these people are making minimum wage. Uh, there can also be sub minimal wage. I looked it up, um, like the labor rights act or whatever it was. Um, 
basically if you have some condition uh that i don't know exactly the criterion but they can decide to pay you some minimum wages one of the wow. other things was it said retail um while you're like in education or something like that i think there's like a certain combination like I just kind of skimmed it, but basically some of these people are making less than minimum wage. Wow. Um, I remember when I was, uh, I think I was 17 at the time I worked in ice cream scoop and, uh, by not being 18, they were paying me less. I got less, like the minimum wage was lower in Michigan for someone who was not 18 versus 18. And, uh, these people are just like getting screwed over. And right now, like if they were, unemployed and on unemployment especially with the $600 bump they'd be making more so not only are they like like right now I'm probably making more than them on unemployment just mm. because that's how it is um and I'm not doing jack shit besides trying to find another job and kind of improving my like development skills but it's all on me versus them having to go out risk infection and really uh just work kind of grindy job that's kind of the case for um all in my opinion kind of all the employees have been marked as essential workers during all this right those yes like i had i was lucky enough that um with my job i was able to work from home um full time so i've been home for months you know um and and you know with technology and skype meetings and things like that i can kind of achieve the same thing but um, you see these these roles that were marked as essential, and they truly are, you know, uh, working at grocery stores, gas stations, you know, a lot of other retail places, um, places that you really – anyone would need to go to get their food, you know, and to survive. Yeah. Um, and these people are typically making little money, you know, like you said, sub-minimum wage for some of these roles. So um, it, it seems uh, frustrating to me that you can talk out of both sides of your mouth and say that an employee is in an essential role but may not be compensated or considered as such when there's not a global pandemic going on. Right. And uh, uh, there's a lot of talk that um, we need to raise the minimum wage to thank them for that. Uh, you know it's not going to happen. I've already seen the talk starting to die down a bit. Um, but it definitely needs to be addressed. Um, I, I've worked at grocery stores before, um, and it, it really is just a thankless job. It's pretty much people coming to ask you for things, or it's one of those where it's like if something doesn't go right, they blame you. Like mm -hmm. there could be an issue with the software, like in their cash registers going slow. <laughs> what's, what's wrong? Why is it taking so long? Can, is there anything you can do to hurry up? If it was, I would be freaking doing it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very thankless job. <sighs> okay. Wow, this was right. kind of a depressing episode. I mean, just in general. Yeah, yeah but um, I think it's important to talk about, and I appreciate the suggestion too, because um, I feel very strongly about some of these. So it's actually been a good outlet to be able to talk about some of this. Yeah, and uh, if you are in any of these jobs, uh, reach out and uh, just we want to let you know. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, we'd like to thank you personally and would love any uh, stories, too, you know, to, you, you know, we don't necessarily do some of these jobs. So anything to confirm, like, yeah, you know what? I do work in a grocery store during COVID-19. And here's a specific example of something that's going on. I mean, we'd love to see that and share it, too. Yes. Yes. So please do. And uh, also take a drink because we're moving on to number five. Number five. Um, this one might be a little controversial. 
Um, uh -oh. My number five is police officers. I knew you were going to say that. Yes, I know. And of course, okay, so it's very timely because we have an example now um, with George Floyd, who was just killed, murdered by a police officer while other police were watching. This is a hot topic right now. You're seeing it all over in Minneapolis. Um, of course, this cop um, literally murdered this man in cold blood murdered. in front of everyone. No, yeah. it's, this was murder. Um, and he is an example um, of a terrible, terrible police officer, as were um, those who stood in silence and watched this take place. Um, but I don't want to generalize that all cops are bad. So I do think that cops are in a system um, that allows them to get away with being bad. And there are many, many bad eggs. Um, but I specifically want to speak to the ones here, the ones who do take the oath to protect and serve um, and do put their lives on the line every day to do so. So um, I, I think being a cop is a very difficult job to do, especially um, with situations like that that I just described, um, where people maybe have um, – a, a, an opinion on cops, you know, that's less than yeah. impression because of all the poor examples we have. Um, but I wanted to share an example of a good, uh, good impression, a good example I had from my life um, with a cop. Um, and actually one of the reasons that I made my list. So I shared in a previous episode um, that one of the most embarrassing things to happen to me was when I got in a car accident at 16 mm. years old, right in front of my high school. Right. <laughs> uh, right yeah. in front of my high school, I get in an accident. It's my fault. Um, everybody sees it. And it's it's like the dead of winter it was cold outside. Um, and our chief of police at the time, maybe not chief of police, but uh, in my small town, the cop at the time comes to me. My mom's there. My family's there. Everybody's there. And the cop says, you know, why don't you just go on home and we'll talk about this at home. So this cop, knowing that I'm 16 years old, terrified. Right. Knowing my mom yeah. doesn't want to be there. My family says, um, you know what? You're good. Um, go home. We'll talk about it. It was my fault. I probably needed to stay on the scene to be able to do the statement, this and that. But I got to go home. Yeah. Um, he came over an hour later where we could finish up the paperwork. And the whole time um, he spent reassuring me, he's like, listen, man, um, it happens. You know, you're 16 years old. Don't worry. Because I was shaking up. Right. I mean, yeah. I just got my license. Um, and he really kind of went out of his way to make me feel comfortable, guide me through the paperwork, um, make me realize, hey, it's OK. It happens. It happens to everybody. You're 16 years old. You're going to get in a car accident. You know, mm -hmm. um, it, it's bound to happen eventually. Um, and, and I thought that was just a very positive experience with a cop. I've had, and I've had other run ins with cops, too. Sometimes my fault, you know, partying in college, you know, yeah, um, or no, maybe speeding, you know, or doing things I shouldn't be doing. But in general, I've been very lucky and blessed to have very um, positive interactions with cops. Um, but I. Those are the ones here I talk about is a thankless position because I know there are a lot of poor examples, um, but those that truly do stand up to the oath to protect and serve their communities where they work, um, they deserve recognition. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really kind of uh, based on where they work because, um, you know, there are some who have dangerous jobs. Like a lot of people are like, oh, cops are dangerous jobs. Like. I'm going to say most cops don't mm -hmm. like, I mean, state troopers. I mean, there's plenty of them who get hit and killed all the time. Um, there are people who deal with higher like crime areas who might be getting shot at more. Um, but then like going to high school in Naperville, uh, we had a show called female forces and it was about female cops. And like, it was a joke. 
an absolute joke. Um, because in a wealthier suburb with very low crime, they're getting paid a lot and doing mm. very little. But then out by you, there it's a very personal feel. These are people who know you. They're willing to yeah. help. They're this. Um, like versus in Naperville, you literally are just a, a ticket. Mm. You're just a number to get paid to like they hide, they scan you, that's their day. So uh, that's what – it's a very controversial subject like you said, but I think it's definitely uh, – this is probably one of the most that's based on where you're at versus mm. um, a lot of these where it's just like no matter where you are, it's like being a janitor is thankless. Grocery stores are going to be thankless. This – you could have a cushy job as a cop. You could also have a fucking shitty, shitty job as a cop. Right. And so to the good guys out there, thanks. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, this is easily the most polarizing one because the chance for like, you know, you can have good cops and then the chance to have a bad cop. Like if you have a bad, uh, you know, Wikipedia editor – Whoop the fucking do! You have a bad cop, that costs people their lives. <laughs> like I yeah. think that's what makes it so polarizing is when they, you have the potential to be bad, you can really be bad. And uh, yeah. I guess that's where uh, a lot of the negativity comes from. So uh, that's a good one. I'll give you that. Is your number five a little uh, <laughs> a little less controversial than that? Garbage man. Garbage man. Yeah, I looked it up. Uh, I remember growing up and people were saying that they. Uh, got paid really, really well. Like, uh, people are talking about it. Um, and, uh, it's according to payscale.com, uh, the range was, and this is not like an overall range this is kind of like an average range of 21,000 to 75,000. Wow. That's a huge range. Yeah. So, um, cause I remember people that are like, Oh, they at least get compensated. Well, uh, not necessarily <laughs> like, mm -hmm. um, uh, also, if you've ever seen the movie Commando, sometimes they'll have Uzis and they'll shoot and kill you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been on a big Schwarzenegger kick lately, so uh, forgive me for that one. But yeah, uh, so I would imagine that the uh, people commanding a higher salary are probably working more in the city, cities where there's just more money. They're probably working like I, don't, I wouldn't say more, but I don't know if they have more ground to cover. You have a lot more dumpsters and uh, it's got to really suck driving a massive truck through all of those um, alleys. Oh, shit, uh, man. And, and even just the streets. Like I think of Chicago, for example, and even just driving my car through some of these streets where people are parked on either side, you know, and they're, it's very uh, small. Um, even or, that's not easy. Or how about New York where you don't have alleys? And New so York has no every alleyways. Street. Yeah. Every street and everyone's blocking. Yeah, that's – uh, yeah, that's, I mean, it's gotta be a lot tougher job. Um, uh, I know Sid from Toy Story became a garbage man. So that's See, that. but that's an example where they, they make it seem like that's what a failure would do. Right. I mean, Sid was kind of the bad kid, <laughs> you know, in Toy Story. So I, w I want to point out something for my boy, Sid, they make <laughs> him seem like an asshole. First of all, he was fucking with toys. They're like, he didn't know they existed. Okay, so he good was point. blowing them up. He showed amazing ingenuity, mixing and matching. If anything, he should have been like an engineer or something. <laughs> like, 
he was able to fit pieces together that didn't fit together. And the only thing was he was a little bratty and was kind of rude to his sister. But I'm going to say he was probably what, 12, 13? Yeah, or I'm younger. Right. Yeah. And okay, you're right. He didn't know. He didn't know he, that these toys were alive. <laughs> yeah. Could, yeah, good point. I mean, I've destroyed plenty of toys, like, just because it would be, like, especially cheap army man that, like, you can get, like, a 20-pack at the dollar store when I was growing up. I don't know what it is now. But, like, they usually have the really cheap ones. You tie oh, yeah. a firecracker to it, and you light it up. But now they're, like, <laughs> make it, now making it look like he's, like, some serial killer. Like, no, you're just playing war with little toys. You're a kid. That's harmless. You're not you don't think you're hurting anyone but in that he's uh, like a monster and you're like oh my god this kid's horrible <laughs> and truth his dog fucking loved him so he must have been doing something right <laughs> good point that was a fun tangent i'm glad that one happened <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot happier a lot happier that is we so, needed that break <laughs> <laughs> so everyone take a drink as we move on to number four. Oh man Ryan, what have you got for us my number four are nurses Um, and I think, um, so just in general, I want to say, especially in times like these, so, you know, we're, like you said, we're not necessarily in the, um, biggest part of coronavirus. Hopefully things are kind of slowing down here with the COVID-19, but we are still in the middle of this. Um, and I, I would say our medical professionals in general right now are so important. And when we talk about essential workers, um, these were the people that were still going to work and literally in the middle of this, right? Um, and who more to be in the middle of this are the nurses. So, um, and I don't want to discredit doctors in any way. Um, but when you go into a hospital or into a medical clinic who you typically interact with first and primarily are the nurses, right? They're the ones that are sitting down with you and talking. They're the ones that are probably doing some of the procedures like checking your blood, um, taking your blood and doing these other things, um, and I just think that, you know, when you you see these positions and you see like a nurse, typically they're another one like software developers that um, have some of the highest rates of being understaffed, um, working mm. long hours um, and even being underpaid. Um, Especially and, now. Yeah. Good point. Especially now. I mean, when you even see position, you know, like places calling for retired nurses to come back into work, you but know, there with was everything a- going on. Uh, at least throughout all of Illinois, I'm not sure if it was a nationwide thing, where they requested it. Yeah. Everyone's phone went off with a notification saying, if you like are medically trained and not working, please report to the nearest like hospital or something like that. It was – I mean it's still crazy. Yeah. Well, and this is another one too. Uh, we talk about that you need um, you know, a certain level of education, right? So there's nursing school. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it's medical school, right? To a smaller extent, maybe because it's not quite as long, but um, the things that you need to be able to know and be able to do um, to be able to be a nurse, um, and then hearing that they're a position that are typically regarded as being underpaid, um, overworked, and understaffed, um, and especially when you see the way that they're handling situations like this, um, I thought they definitely deserved to make the list. Yeah, and there's also like um... – they're partially responsible for catching doctors' mistakes. True. Like if a doctor prescribes something like and it goes through them and they know it's going to interact, um, they're also partially responsible if they like follow through and like give it to them. So it's uh, – and then you know, it like also goes down to the pharmacy, but there's, there's like several levels of it. But um, they, they're required to know quite a bit, and they, uh, 
Well, they aren't very uh, thanked for it. Most people kind of thank the doctors. And uh, that's kind of why I don't have it on my list. I was thinking more along the lines mm. of just medical profession. But mm-hmm. I was like, well, doctors get paid a lot. And I feel like people thank doctors. Like most of the time, like, thanks. Okay. Yeah. I, like you're you're more personable and friendly versus you can get multiple nurses kind of coming through. Um, but yeah, that's an, kind of another thing where it's like uh, – if you don't get the one-on-one as much, it's not as personal and you don't think of as much. That's, that's a good one. Well, and that's good too. So I don't want to discredit doctors at all because obviously doctors are very, very fuck important doctors. to our society. Right. No, fuck you, doctors. They're, they're super important. <laughs> yeah, now I want to die on the operating table by right. the one surgeon who listens to this. <laughs> but that being said, but that being said, I mean, I've had a lot of, you know, situations, you know, just for routine things or for whatever reason I go into the hospital or go into the clinic where my interaction is 95% with a nurse. Right. Um, or yeah. a couple of nurses and the doctor comes in to do any kind of prescription um, or any kind of paperwork at the end. But who, you know, who's really running the show are these nurses, you know, and yeah. then they're the ones who are collecting the information and providing it to the doctors. They're the ones who are doing the boots on the ground work um, to make sure that the right Draw stuff on your blood. And, right. yeah. and then, you know, and they're even in the doctor's ear, you know, to provide. So the doctor has some some form. And, and you know, that's not to speak to surgeons and other, you know, high level things, but especially with some of the routine stuff and a lot of the stuff that's going on even now with the coronavirus. I mean, um, I don't I don't think hospitals um, and the medical profession in general will be successful without nurses doing what they do. I agree. I fully agree. Um, so we are going on to my number four. Yes, your number four. Sewage maintenance. Ooh. According to Nuevo or NEUVOO.com, they only make like $40,000 is the average pay they make. Uh, I got a bunch of different websites, and this time I'm uh, trying to do a little bit more uh, crediting. I know last time I referenced uh that american science magazine or whatever that i i really need to subscribe to um but wound up doing sewage maintenance just because no pun intended but that is a shit job mm-hmm. i mean it's also involves making sure we have like water for like like this isn't just like sewage like literal like in the the muck of it but it also involves water too. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of it's water and sewage, or water and waste is usually what they're called. And so it's like our tap water, and where our shit goes. Like that's a very important job. And unfortunately, that's also one where you're just never going to bump into them to say thank you, and you never have any dealing with them. But that is so 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 important to the average person's life that's another one that really happens to go on behind the scenes too that's a great you know another example where it's that's something you assume will work the way it should work um and you're unhappy if it doesn't but without Mm -hmm. knowing the amount of work it takes day to day to ensure um that your water is clean and safe um that your sewage is taken care of day to day the, the way that it should be Oh yeah, it's 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 amazing like how important it is, but you just don't realize it. Right. So now we're going on to our top three, and for those who haven't been following along with us this entire time, uh, in our top three, we take drinks before, and, uh, sorry, really, we take drinks between each other's 
-hmm. So it's not just every number, it's twice a number. So get ready to pick up that cup. Ah, Ryan. All right. My number three, teachers. No. Um, yes, teachers for sure. <laughs> um, and I – okay, just in general, you hear examples about how teachers are very underpaid and the work they do. So um, I wanted to give a specific example. Um, my girlfriend, when she graduated college, she went on to teach in a low-income area. She taught second or third grade, I forget. Um, in, in a town that's kind of near Bloomington, um, south of Bloomington, that, that's a low income area. And she would come home with horror stories about these children, right? So unfortunately, um, in a low income area, you typically see uh, students that are not um, as well educated or maybe are behind grade mm -hmm. level in things. You see different situations at home. Um, you know, that they, they may not be getting the proper um, attention or whatever situation at home, so sometimes they act out at school. Um, and so she, as a teacher, her first year out of college, was dealing with things like uh, students yelling and crying with her during classroom, literally had a student throw a chair at her head during a spelling test because they didn't want to take it. Um, and you know, I never tried that when I had to take tests. Yeah, you know, and I think it worked. I don't think he. Ha I don't think he had to take the test. Actually, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to throw in a little joke there. Uh, but you know, just situations like that. And I think that this is another one. Um, you know, you talk about police officers. That maybe it's where you work. Um, you know, I grew up in a small Definitely. town. I grew up in a small town where the teachers probably were a little more appreciated. Um, they had smaller classrooms. They got to know the families very well because they may be friends. You know what I mean? With the parents because it's such mm -hmm. a small town. Um, I think of my friends that have gone on to teach like, uh, you know, inner city classrooms um, and with the situations going on there. Um, and I think you have some good examples of that because you, you stay in touch with some folks that are doing that now. Actually, um, the person who recommended this episode used to teach uh, inner city Chicago. Mm. Um, he no longer does, but yeah, uh, he, he talked about, it. I have several friends who still teach, uh, within Chicago and, uh, not only are they underpaid and, um, they kind of have their work cut out for them. Cause a lot of times, uh, like you said, uh, sometimes the kids just have less education, but they have, they're completely under like staff. They have less, uh, just supplies for it. And so it, it really just kind of snowballs where things just get worse and worse and worse versus uh like i went to high school in naperville and we had some cush fucking mm. job mm -hmm. had like a teacher luckily like he was making like 70 grand and he was teaching film and it was a joke of a class and people took it because it was a joke of a class so I, I definitely agree i think there is there are some people who just whatever like congrats you're a teacher like that's it then there are people who like they're in the thick of it and they have uh work cut out for them or people who are doing um who have their special ed uh certifications where they teach in um learning to build where like those are those are real real tough jobs and yeah. uh it, it's definitely it's it's kind of like the cops it's it's kind of where you are there are some people who who have it made and there are some people who just you know are freaking just and just a very, very, very tough job, and it just gets tougher every year. Well, and I will say, what we got to give credit to teachers is this is the type of profession that um, everyone knows is probably underpaid and undervalued. This is the kind of job you go into because you have a passion for it. 
right, mm-hmm. in helping people. Um, so you got to give credit to somebody who really bases their whole life around, you know, their schooling um, and their career choices around doing something that they love and doing something they have passion for, even knowing um, that very likely they're not going to get the recognition that they probably deserve. Yes, because especially like one of the big things with this is um, you do need a degree for it. And it's no secret that teachers are underpaid. Mm-hmm. It's a well-known fact. Mm-hmm. And so these people who are going into it are making the conscious effort. They're taking on years of debt, knowing full well that it's might not really pay off for them. It's it's not like you're going to school where you're like like when I went to school for software development. I'm like, all right, there is a decent paycheck at the end of this. These are people who know they're like, I'm doing this for the next generation. Um, and so it is a very important job and, um, it, it can be very un, ungrateful, especially if you have some kid who's a shithead and are, their parents are shitheads who right. spoil them <laughs> and then right. they blame you when it's like, oh no, uh, you're the one who's not getting the kid ADHD help that he clearly needs or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, right. um, it's. It's easy to point the finger at the teacher. Uh, sometimes it's true. I'm looking at you teachers who never knew what Jello was. <laughs> I, I have one story. Um, so I'm not always pro teacher. So I'm just going to give that on credit. But uh, a lot of my close friends are or were teachers because I, I went to school. I was in the math math floor. I, I know plenty of teachers. Uh, great friends with a lot of them. Uh, but I remember going through school. And I didn't know what Jello was because I'm not going to lie. I was a pretty sharp kid. I kind of plateaued at one point, but I was a sharp kid. I'll give you my young self that. And uh, they gave us the three states of matter, gas, solid, liquid. We weren't even on a plasma. In fact, there's more than all these. There's a whole bunch. I looked it up another day. And I, I asked uh, teachers every time we'd come to it, what is Jello? Because it doesn't, it doesn't follow liquid it doesn't follow solid and they, they all just said i don't know and they never got back to me and it wasn't until i was in high school like chemistry and the teacher's like oh it's an amorphous solid so but it was just like wow okay and I, I like before that i didn't have the internet i didn't get the internet until i was in high school um or maybe like eighth grade and it was like super slow dialogue so I really didn't have it. And Google wasn't like huge back then. I think Dogpile and Ask Jeeves were the popular search engine. So it wasn't easy for me to go and look this up. I would have assumed they would have had a textbook somewhere that <laughs> might have had some answers. Um, so I just remember growing up and being like, uh, wow, you guys are kind of just as clueless as the rest of us. But I think the high school teachers and um, obviously some middle school teachers, uh, you, you have to specialize more. Because that's when you are teaching chemistry. That is when you are teaching math. Versus um, earlier ones, you're a, a young child development, and that is so critical to a child's life mm-hmm. that it's it's a very important job. And uh, you know, kids really are thinking them. <laughs> kids hate school, so it is a very thankless job. So I could see it being on your list. All right, how about you? What do you got? For number three. Sorry, I have opinions on teachers. I know. Uh, I'm just going to leave it alone. (laughs) Don't touch it. It's perfect. All right. Uh, uh, Everyone take a drink. Oh, yes. Everyone take a drink, please. 
Coal miners. Coal miners. One of the shittiest jobs on earth. I mean, it's at least once or twice every decade. There's a story of a mine caving in, and these people are stuck down there for 45 days as we drill down to get them. Um, you know, you have the black lung and stuff like that. But even though we're moving more towards cleaner and renewable energy, we still have quite a bit of coal. Like, there's still quite a bit of coal that, like, even the U.S. is dependent on, let alone the world, especially in countries that are a little bit less developed. Um, it is just such a brutal job. Um, it's what killed Katniss Everdeen's father in the Hunger Games, and she was tough. Imagine her dad was probably a pretty tough dude. So probably pretty much a badass, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, back in the day, obviously it was like this is like one of those that like kind of came up because um, even back in the day it was like way worse, as like you were essentially owned by your company because they would like sell you the house and you were like forever in debt so you had to work it off but still now it's still shitty and i bet you in some parts of the world it's probably still like that um and i looked it up and the uh according to payscale.com uh 27 and a half Ugh. to 69,000. so some people can be making decent money um but that's probably us i didn't uh, fully check but that's a, a very brutal job well, and I will say, wow, that's one. Now that you say that out loud, I take that job so for granted that I didn't even consider putting it on my list at all. So I'm glad that you mm -hmm. did because that's one that I don't think of. But um, you see that job a lot too. I mean in a small town that's near a big coal mine, that's basically just what the people in that town do, right? Yes. Um, your father was a coal miner. You're a coal miner. Your kid's going to be a coal miner. You know, like that's mm -hmm. just taken for granted. That's going to be, and you know, on the number of years that it likely takes off your life to breathe in some of that stuff in. So yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, <laughs> okay. Well with that one, let's take a drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'll move on to, I think we're on our number twos. So no, my, we're not. Okay. So we we're, just, we're just done that. then. Right. <laughs> so, that was one. My number two, uh, nine eleven dispatcher. So oh, these nine one one dispatcher. Yes, yeah, sorry. Nine one one dispatcher. I was thinking like I'm like, okay, just the day of nine eleven, I'm like, that's really nitpicky for your yeah, job. Yeah, no, job I don't want to be no, not that nitpicky. In general, okay. the people when you call nine one one who answer the phone, you know, to to dispatch police, um, or firefighters or an ambulance or whatever the case may be, um I think this is a role that's really taken for granted. So typically these are not, I mean, they're not cops, right? These are not um, firefighters. And a lot of times this is uh, kind of a way for somebody who wants to get into one of those positions to try to start getting involved with the department. Um, oh, at least I didn't know that. That's the case with some people I know that want to be, you know, get into firefighting or, you know, or whatever that they do a, a dispatcher type of position. But um, not only is this important because, you know, as a 9-11 dispatcher, 9-1-1, sorry, dispatcher, <laughs> <laughs> um, you take phone calls from people, um, you know, that are going through serious crimes. Think about having to take that call from someone who's reporting a murder, you know, so you got to be uh -huh. the right kind of person to be able to take this and just separate this as this is your, do your job day to day. Um, I mean, they get calls about murder or other crimes. Um, people committing suicide will call them, too. Um, and actually, Suicide Hotline probably should have made it onto my list, um, and it didn't. 
about people who work um, at the suicide hotline too. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I I didn't even think of that one. That's a great one. And I didn't think and about it till just now as as I'm saying this one. Let's throw that out as an honorable mention. We're yes. just gonna pre honorable mention. Nine. Uh, sorry. Suicide hotline people, you're amazing. You literally save lives. Uh, and for a lot of the same reasons that I put the 911 dispatchers on my list too, that um, in a position like that, you're required to um, really you're staying calm um, and you're trying to help the person on the other side of the phone stay calm to potentially save lives, you know, while, while taking the necessary steps too. So um, I, I just I can't imagine if if my job full time. Um, were to listen to people tell me about all this terrible stuff that's happening um, and then be able to go about my life, you know, and, and live things normal. So I think it takes the right kind of person to be able to do something like that. Yeah, and um, the 911 dispatcher has to, like, suss out what's actually happening. Where, like, a woman calls uh, – there's a, a very famous one. You could look it up on YouTube where a woman calls to order a pizza. But she was in like an incredibly abusive, controlling like relationship or something along those lines. She was fearing for her life, and she called the dispatcher and she's like, "I want a like I would like to call to order like two large pizzas." And the dispatcher's like, uh, "Ma'am, you know this is nine one one, right?" And she's like, "Yeah." Mm -hmm. And they're like, "And the dispatcher managed to like word it correctly, wow. where like the person could respond in a pizza ordering safe way." to confirm whether or not her life was in jeopardy. It was like, basically she like, oh, it, it, it's such an amazing one. Yeah, these people don't get enough thanks. And cause also um, you're probably thanking the officers on the scene or you're thinking the, the firemen who get there, mm -hmm. you're not thinking the person cause you, at the time you're panicking, you call it in, then it's done. And then you like, then you talk to the uh, the people who arrive. So you're not like, oh, thanks. Thanks for sending them out there. You're, you're in a state of shock. So yeah, these people, do not get thanked at all. Yeah, I agree. Well, um, my number two, uh, truck drive. Oh, everyone drink. Oh, even though I know oh, what you're about you to say because you said the first half, I'm still going to drink anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you guys thought you were going to get away with that one. Nice mm. try. Uh, maybe double up on it for that. Maybe yeah. maybe double yeah, drink another for one, that another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually really good uh, whiskey. Uh, but truck drivers. Mm. Um, according to Indy.com, they only make about 61000 a year on average, uh, getting around 40 to $0.64 cents per mile. Wow. And um, I was trying to find more about just kind of how long they work. And um, apparently, they typically work up to 70 hours within an eight-day period. That's 10 hours a day with one day off and an eight-day period. Uh, wow. It's very, very rough. Not to mention, a lot of them, you don't get to go home that night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you don't even get, like, it's not like when I go away for a business trip, my company puts me up in a, well, my old company would put me up in a nice cush hotel. No. They, like, they have cabs in the back of those that you stay in. Yeah. You're not getting all the channels that a hotel would have to offer. You don't have... A nice dining establishment. It's that's a very very rough job. Well, and I personally um, have a, a an experience with truck drivers too. So when I was growing mm -hmm. up, um, my my aunt was a truck driver, 
Um, and she was, she was a single parent. So when she was on the road, um, my cousins would stay with me and my parents at my house. So it, you know, it was kind of like having a couple extra siblings growing up, but you know, to your point that they're, you know, they don't always come home is there were times when she would be, um, weeks on the road, right. Um, oh, and wow. we wouldn't see her for that time. So just knowing, um, you know, that you're doing this, um, and it's a very, very important job. That's another one that's an essential role, especially now with COVID-19. I mean, to be able to bring supplies to different places, you know, and food, um, and the things that people need to survive. I mean, it's a very important job. Um, but to do that while also not being able to be with your family or kids for extended period of time, sometimes, um, that's very, very difficult to do. And, and there's a lot of animosity towards trucks. People mm. like don't like it because I mean, obviously there's a bit of an understandability. It is a large, powerful, dangerous machine. And if you're working a long hours, you might swerve a little bit. If you're tired, there's, there's studies that show that being sufficiently tired can be similar to uh, drinking um, while driving, obviously not like wasted, but you know, um, and so people, people don't like trucks on the road but it's so freaking necessary so needed and we need them so i really thank you truck drivers i mean that's such a tough tough freaking job uh like uh (laughs) an interesting fact is chicago actually hasn't gone down too much in pollution because we have so much trucking and trains still happening and it's so oh wow important to our like because by being such a large we're the largest city in the center of the u.s we're the the only cities larger than us new york on the east coast la on the west so so much of shipping goes through chicago yeah and we still have a ton of it so um yeah thanks thanks truck drivers like absolutely amazing well, that brings us to our number one. So everybody, take a drink. Mm-mm-mm. And my number one um, is single parents. Oh. So okay. this might be a little unique because uh, this is not a job, of course, you get paid in money for. Um, but I feel like the role of being a single parent times can be very difficult so a lot of times you see that a single parent is working Mm -hmm. in addition to being a parent working one two or more jobs um, to be able to provide for their family Um, sometimes maybe even working some of the other jobs that (laughs) made it onto our list Um, especially now with uh, with everything that going on our uh, parents um, with the schools being shut down are are also um, teachers you know and going through this other things too wranglers um, and actually single parents and, and just parents in general is one of the reasons teachers made it onto my list. Cause I hear a lot of complaints, uh, not complaints, but feedback from coworkers, um, that are having to deal with the fact that their kids cannot go to school, you know, right now yeah. and they're working full time and doing this too. So, um, you know, just raising kids, um, is a very, very important thing to do. These, there are our future, um, so those parents that are going through it, parents in general, but then single parents, so they might not have the same um, level of support or the same support system um, as, as, a, as a different family that might have two parents um, and working multiple jobs just to keep food on the table. Um, very, very admirable, and I feel for you too. Even though I don't have kids of my own, um, I have friends that are single parents and see their struggle. 
Um, it's and, gotta and be I, so tough. Yeah, it's gotta be so tough. And, and I recognize that. Um, and, and I feel like that is one of the most important and difficult jobs that anyone will ever do. Oh yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I kind of, it crossed my mind, but I didn't, con I don't consider it like a job job, right. but it is one of the most difficult roles that yeah. one person can attain. Cause I mean, if you're single, like I am, think of how much you just do just to maintain your own life. Now, add a child to that. You have to be there constantly. You don't get any freedom like a normal single person would. Like you have to go home immediately. You have to worry about where they're going to be. It's not even like having a dog where you can be like, I have to go home right after work to take care of it. No, the kid's off at three or, or the kid's at home 24-7 because they're a baby. It's It's got to be so ruthless. I can't imagine what it is like or could be like um, to actually like do that. That's that's an excellent, excellent choice for your number one. Um, that's got to be one of the, the, the absolute toughest things. Yeah. Um, and especially in the earlier years your kid probably doesn't thank you enough and they probably don't appreciate i mean i'm sure later they do they appreciate it like when you're older you realize what your parents went through but as a young kid you're probably just like yo why why aren't you home more like, i think that's yeah, that's the exact that's the a good point that i wanted to bring up too that um i say thankless so maybe later in life when you have your own kids you know you hear that people start to appreciate the things that their parents did for them or even i do now i mean i don't have any mm. kids but being 28 years old Same. um i can look back you know when things that i might have been pissed about at the time i understand now why it had to take place that way you know or why yeah. my parents made a certain decision um, but you know, as a kid, um, you don't think that, especially like as a teenager, right? You're just like, you know, what the fuck, you know, let me do my thing. Um, yeah. but parents do so much. You're right. They come home, you know, to take care and the responsibility of caring for somebody else and raising somebody else while also trying to figure out your own shit. Cause we all got our own shit, you know, mm -hmm. but the fact that you also got to take care of somebody else's life and their shit on top of that, um, that that's exactly why I made it on my list. Yeah, especially especially throwing on the the single parent in there too, because just think, you have all the responsibility and everything of two people, but you have twice the work. Right. You don't have someone else who can take them for a day. You can't just be like, you know what, this has been super stressful. Can you watch them? I'm going to go out with my friends, or like, you know, we can both work a job each so we can provide for the family. No, I have to work two now and now I'm away from my family more. Right. And now that raises expenses because now I have to watch it's it's that's gotta be so so rough and so yeah. The single parents out there, you're crushing it. You're crushing it, yes. Well that one's a lot not not better than mine. Uh I don't want to discredit my number one. Uh, <laughs> everyone take a drink. Um but that was a very uplifting one because you it's happy. My number one, farmers. Uh, without them, we don't eat. I mean, vegetarian or carnivore, whatever you are, farmers are responsible for it, whether on a massive scale or a small scale. Even if it's a massive 
uh, facility run hog farm there are people in the literal shit like doing all of this work there are people mm -hmm. who have to wake up every morning and they worry about their crops are they going to be lucrative this year are they going to be able to pay their bills like all it takes is an early frost to crush dreams i mean and no one ever thanks them because no one ever interacts with them or uh how about the fact that uh, you don't get a day off as a farmer if you have cows you have to feed those cows every day you have to take care of them it doesn't matter if negative 30 on christmas day you gotta go out there and take care of them it's a rough job i know some people who uh are or were farmers and it's so 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 important to a like the average human and it, it's kind of like one of the down home pull yourself up by the bootstrap american way type of jobs but yeah farmers the heart of america right there i'm so glad right. this is your number one so i i mean think about it the of the core things that you need to survive food is on the list and all food <laughs> all food yeah. comes from farmers of some sort i mean not only just the plants and vegetables but the meat as well yeah you know and the milk you know and other things so i Every single person should be thanking a farmer daily just yeah. for the fact that they are alive. I mean, just think about your your processed shit. I mean, if you're talking about like you know, snack foods like pretzels and potato chips, a lot of that starts with a farmer. Yeah. You grow the wheat for the dough for the pretzels, potatoes for the chips. Like, I mean, so much of what we do are based with farmers. If you eat it, a farmer at least helped with it somewhere, no matter how processed it is. Um, the heart of America, truly, um, <laughs> none of us would survive without farmers. That's a great, great number one. All right. Uh, so we've made it through our list. Everyone take a congratulatory drink. Um, and I got to say, uh, this one did get heavy at times, controversial at others, but I had fun with this one. Yeah, I did too. And let me say thank you to Ryan Forner for the suggestion of doing this. I don't know personally that I would have ever thought of this uh, as a topic for, for one of our lists. So um, I appreciate the different perspective and I had fun with it doing the research. Um, and I am definitely glad we got to talk about certain things um, that may not have otherwise come up in one of our episodes. Yes, and that just goes as a reminder to all of you who listen to this. Uh, your input is super valuable. Like, to the people who just give us the feedback, who say, hey, this was uh, a fun episode to listen to, or I like how you do this. All your feedback's great, but ideas are even better. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so if you have any of those ideas or you have any suggestions um, – Feel free to let us know, uh, reply to one of our posts, or, you know, especially if you would want to come follow us on Twitter um, at Big Drunk List, all one word. Feel free to tweet us your suggestions because we keep an eye on that. Um, we would love, just like this episode was a suggestion from someone who listens to us, we would love to do other episodes um, that our audience is, is recommending and requesting to hear. So um, please do that. So I guess we can say with a hearty and thankful deuces, Bruce's. 
Deuces, Bruce says.